May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Today's scripture speak to us about many things, but in particular about prophecy and how to be a prophet. Prophecy isn't about predicting one thing or another, but the scriptures today tells us that it is speaking a word of truth, a word of hope, making a call to repentance, and often you're an out-of-the-box type of personality if you are a prophet. you're a prophet, you speak a word of truth about what's going on in the world, but you do not speak that word of truth when you prophesy. You do not speak the word of truth without a word of hope. Hope is the focus and the goal for those who believe in God Hope that even in the worst case scenario, we believe that God is at work in the world. We believe that it is worth everything we are and everything we have to speak to the possibilities that are available when we walk and trust God, we walk with God and trust God and receive the gift of grace that God offers to us. To prophesy is to speak clearly about what's going on and what is out of sync with the vision of God, but it is also, also to speak a word of hope of order of hope that always, every day, everywhere, there is a possibility, a chance to change, to course correct, to learn, to wake up. There is a chance to be heard in the wilderness, to collaborate with God in the healing of ourselves and this world. To prophesy is to speak of possibility in our collaboration with God. To prophesy is also a call to repentance, a call to course correct, as I said, but more eloquently, Dean Joy Moore spoke of repentance, identifies repentance, defines repentance as a return to our created intention, that there is no sin that we can do and participate in, that there is no brokenness that God's love cannot overcome. Our created intention by God is to be in relationship with God and with each other and wholeness, and love, and grace. 
And repentance is a call to return to that created intention, finding and returning to our true selves, that there is never no way back. That there is never no way back. That God holds forgiveness and mercy generously for each and every one of us and our world. And in that, repentance is a call to hope. There are some out-of-the-box characters in Advent, which is one of the reasons I love this season so much. People who don't stay in their lane, people who are um, amazing in their doubt and in their faith. So today we get two scriptures from the Gospel of Luke, one that we read as the Gospel, which is, refers to John the Baptist who prophesies and refers to the prophet Isaiah and prophesies the one that is to come to make things uh, easier to connect with God, to make, to remove obstacles is what I'm trying to say. That the one to come is to remove the obstacles to being in full relationship with God, and in harmony with God's creation and with each other. And the canticle that the choir sang so beautifully, which is usually a psalm, is actually from the Gospel of Luke today. And it is the song of Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. And if you will recall, Zechariah was silenced by the angel Gabriel, because unlike Mary, who said, yes, be, I will do as God asked me to do, Zechariah, the priest, said, it is impossible. What you, what you are saying to me is impossible. And so the angel Gabriel, possibly in a grumpy bad day, said, well, you're going to be silenced for nine months. And the priest could not preach. But he watched as what he said could never happen, that his wife bear a son happened. He watched as his wife and his son grew together to give new life to the world. And when his son, John the Baptist, was born, he got his voice back. And what he did with his voice was to praise God, to praise God beyond the comprehension that he had before he said that what the angel Gabriel was asking was impossible. He praised God with a new understanding of the power and might of God's mercy, of God's creativity, 
of God being able to bring forth new light, new light beyond our dimension, our imagination. And so Zechariah prophesied with praise. I've been reading a, a book uh, lately called um, The Warmth of Other Suns. It was written by Isabel Wilkerson, and the subtitle is the epic story of America's great migration. And the, 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 the title, The Warmth of Other Suns, comes from a poem by Richard Wright. And it's a, it's a poem about, about hope and about possibility in, in even the, the worst of times. And in this book, Isabel Wilkerson wrote this introduction to one of the passages. And, and I hope that you can follow how my mind works to see how it fits with the gospel. She wrote, in the winter of 1919, there was the first wave of migrants stirring to life, moving to hopeful futures they thought, up north. In that same year, an astronomer made a startling discovery. The astronomer named Edwin Hubble, working out of the University of Chicago, looked through one of the most powerful telescopes of his time, and what he saw would eventually become the most significant astronomical find of the century. It would confirm what for generations had been whispered but dismissed as impossible. It occurred near the start of a long pilgrimage of Americans seeking to escape their own harsh known world. Hubble identified a star that was far, far away and was not the same sun that fed life on Earth. It was another sun. And it would prove for the first time in human history that there were galaxies other than our own, that the universe was much bigger than humans had ever imagined, that there were, in fact, other suns. And for me, that discovery helps us understand how hope works beyond our imaginations, beyond what we know, there is a whole galaxy of possibility that God has in store and has at work and is at work creating. Beyond what we know, beyond what we know, God is at work in this world in this galaxy, and beyond. And yet our gospel tells us that God is at work in history. It names seven rulers, seven rulers, seven people 
the time that John was prophesying, the time that Jesus was about to begin his ministry. But it says in the Gospel, too, that the word of God did not go to Tiberius Caesar. It did not go to Herod. It did not go to Pontius Pilate. It went to the one in the wilderness. So if you're in some kind of wilderness, I believe the scriptures invite us to hear the echoes of the prophets, to hear the praise and the hope and the call to repentance and acceptance of God's mercy in our lives and an invitation to become prophets of hope and of possibility this Advent, to know that there are ways in which God will give life, birth new life, birth new realities in our relationships, in our world, in ourselves, even when it seems a little hard. That's what faith is, showing up and speaking those words of hope that there might be profound healing. Amen.